Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky. How Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Terry Burrell, original understudy and replacement Lucinda. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all the great reviews and ratings you've been leaving and how much you've been sharing it on your social medias and tagging me, tagging Broadway Podcast Network. Please keep it up because we're at that crucial point as a podcast where we, speaking for myself and all of you really, need to get the word out there to get to the next level. So please keep doing what you're doing. And if you haven't been doing that, How about doing it right now? Once upon a time. Terry Burrell opened the original Broadway production of Into the Woods as the understudy to both stepsisters, eventually taking over the role of Lucinda. Her other Broadway credits include Three Penny Opera, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Swinging on a Star, Honky Tonk Nights, Yubi, and Michael Bennett's original production of Dreamgirls, in addition to playing Julie in Hal Prince's London production of Showboat. Off-Broadway, she has starred in And the World Goes Round, Almost Heaven, Taking a Chance on Love, and Lady Day. Her many regional roles include her Helen Hayes Award-nominated portrayal of Queenie in Duke Ellington's Queenie Pie, her own show, the solo Ethel Waters tribute, Ethel, and the witch in Into the Woods. When did you first become aware that there was this thing, Into the Woods? Mm. Um, actually, I became aware of it when it was about to go to Broadway because they had mm. done a workshop of it, I yeah. think, in California. Um, and um, I was submitted for it. And um, I went in. I don't think I knew what they were looking at me for at the time. Uh, actually, let me let me let me dial that back a little bit. I was submitted for it, and I went to an initial audition at some audition place, and then I got a call back. And I think the first time I went in, they mentioned something about the witch. Mm. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Then I got a call back. And I think at the call back, it was for uh, the stepsisters. Mm-hmm. And I actually understudied uh, the bo- both stepsisters before mm-hmm. I actually took over the role, like maybe a year later. Yeah. 
And then they had to hire two people to do the job that one person did. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they just wanted to cover themselves. By then they had made enough money. You know, look, I mean, some of these things, you, you got to pay people. So <laughs> cheaper to pay one person. Yeah. Well, when pay, and I could handle it, you know. Yeah. And going into this, were you like a Sondheim nerd already? Did you know the other shows? Had you seen Sunday in the Park with George? What was your like you context? Know, I had not. I, I certainly knew who Stephen Sondheim was. Yeah. Um, I had never had an opportunity to do any of his music um, in a show. And no, I hadn't seen those things. You know, a lot of, a lot of my time was spent on the road doing yeah. other things. So uh, even today, and I mean, I'm living in Atlanta now, but um, there's there's a small window of opportunity to go into New York and see things. Yeah, and when I do. I, I I can do that. But yeah, in a way, out of town, you might see more than if you were here. I mean, I was thinking actually, because Sunday probably overlapped with Dreamgirls too much for you to even get to it. Probably, yeah. I mean, um, I didn't do Dreamgirls on the road. I did it in New York. Yeah, but I mean, you would have been you would have been working every night when they had That's a show. Right. That's yeah, yeah I, I didn't even think about that, that I would have done Into the Woods um, after yeah. I finished doing Dreamgirls. Yeah, sure. so it was probably on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and did this was for the Broadway, not the summer workshop right before Broadway. It was actually the actual production. It was the actual production. You know, and I believe at that time, the reason, one of the reasons why I was able to audition was that Actors' Equity at that time were really uh, encouraging um, Broadway producers and directors to uh, include people of color, mm. you know. And you could do that with a show with Into the Woods, because, I mean, come on, we're talking about, you know, fairy tale characters. <laughs> so, I mean. Nah. <laughs> We think that now, but I mean, even today, there was all those people freaking out about the Little Mermaid. I mean, what? Yeah. what, what? <laughs> a fish. Yeah. That's, that's American culture. Yeah. You know? and, and, and when you, when the characters that you promote are of one, one ethnic, you know, uh, if one one ethnicity, it's very difficult for people who are not as open to uh, accept that. You know, listen, that happened with The Wiz. I don't know if you remember because you're kind of young. Thank but you. But <laughs> when The Wiz opened on Broadway, it almost closed because people thought that how dare they take that iconic story and make put all these Black people in it. When they made the commercial. And people saw that ease on down the road. Hello. I mean, it was on Broadway for five years. And yeah. it couldn't have just been Black people that made it popular. Uh, listen, this everybody. is, I'm a, I was a little white boy who was obsessed with The Wiz. I yeah. Mean, that, I think that was one of my first shows that I saw. Um, yeah. I loved it. Um, but okay, so uh, so was there, did you experience in the, at the time of Into the Woods, any kind of negative reaction to you being cast in that? And was that something that you saw at firsthand? Well, um, look, the fact <laughs> that this was not something that was automatic says something about themselves, but you got to give them credit. You know, yeah. I mean, producers have to think about the bottom line and that yeah. is, 
are people going to have a problem with someone playing a stepsister or whatever that's a person of color? Um, I think uh, somebody in the cast, I don't remember who exactly, had overheard some uh, girls talking about it, some other, she was at an audition and they were upset about it um, and she addressed it. But you know, who cares? Say yeah. what you want to say. I mean, when Felicia Rashad took over as the witch, you couldn't get a seat. Yeah. Standing room only. Yeah. And I will tell you that whenever I was honest, the stepsister, and even when I did take over the role, when there were Black people in the audience, they always signaled me at the end mm. of the show. They always gave me a thumbs up. Mm. You know, but it wasn't just me doing it. I mean, to offer me the role had to be a decision that management made. As yeah. Well. So obviously, if they had gotten really negative feedback, I don't know that they would have done it as easily. As right. Well, yeah. I mean, also, the thing is, I guess, um, in a way, it was braver offering you that role than Felicia, because she was already a, a big television star. So they she had was, that to compensate for their... For she was Mrs. Rich. Huxtable. That's who yeah. they were coming to yeah. see. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, uh, and was this the first time in your career that you were given what they would have called a non-traditional cast part? Mm, let me see. Up to then, um, probably so. Probably so. And then after th after that, I did like Three Penny Opera, which, yeah. you know, and uh, I'm, th I'm trying to think if there was anything else in between. Um, yeah, but that basically, yes, that would have been it. Yeah. And what, was there like a big deal made about that? Or was it just kind of like a, a thing that happened and was sort of cool and that was it? There was no big deal made about it. I was not, I will tell you that I was not initially happy. I mean, mm. when you are on the other side of the fence, you know, I, I would say, you want to understand how somebody feels walking their moccasins, you know? Um, certainly my cast members were just amazing to me. Yeah. And many of us have, retained a very, very close friendship, even to this day. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, as people of color, we're always asked to try to understand it from the other person's point right. of view. Yeah. We're all human beings. And we're talking about a show that was about fairy tale characters. So come yeah. on, what's the big deal? And to tell you the truth, when you put that light on me with my skin color and yeah. my blonde wig, who knew? Yeah, yeah. You know, I had somebody run up to me after the show one night, a young white guy, and he goes, oh my God, are you one of the stepsisters? Oh my God, you know, but, and it's my job to not bring any attention to, to, to it. Just play it straight, like any other actor would play it. Um, so I was not happy about that, but uh, I had a very, very good friend who had been one of the first Black stage managers on Broadway when mm. I was mouthing off about it and he looked at me and he was very pained and he said sweetheart I understand this kind of anger but I know that this kind of anger can eat you up alive so you have a choice you can be angry if you want to it's your choice it's your right or you can watch you can listen and you can learn mm. and in that moment I made my decision and I went back to the theater. I, now, now, you have to understand that even though I felt that way about it, I never brought it to the cast. No. I didn't, you know, run off and mouth off and, and you know, walk around yeah. <laughs> with my power. 
Oh, yeah, the, yeah, your reputation is very um, happy, uh, good time, positive, energetic. Yeah. Look, <laughs> yeah. I can't do anything about the way they think, but yeah. I can conduct myself a certain way and I can give credit where credit's due. And I'm sure that James Lapine had a lot to do with, with offering me the role. He knew yeah. I was not happy about it. I didn't say anything to him, but you know, hi. Um, but uh, I, I took a long time to sign that contract. Yeah. <laughs> He knew he wasn't stupid. He knew, um, but and Stephen Sondheim had to sign off on it also. Yeah. You know, and I think the way that I portrayed the character put them at ease. You know, yeah. And, uh, but but in any case, um, what was I going to say? I forgot where I lost my my train of thought there. But uh, it it uh, yeah, it was the first time, and uh, it was a great experience. Yeah. It was that company, and I mean. I don't work with people who are not professional. I mean, yeah, you, dream girls, come on. Sure. Everybody was on it and any other show that I ever did, but that particular company, the precision every single day was right on the mark. Mm. It, it was, it was probably the most professionally run the most uh, professional, professionally, adhered to um company that i had ever worked with extremely consistent extremely professional it, it was wonderful yeah. and so, and sometimes things went wrong yeah. you know and i mean because a, a stay a show like that that had all the the mechanicals in it yeah you know, rapunzel's house sometimes wouldn't come up Right. One time Jack and the baker got stuck in a tree. <laughs> that was kind of funny watching Chip Zine's face. He was not having it. <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> um, so uh okay, so you 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 got over enough of what you were thinking about the offer to say yes and and start the process. And um was there did you feel right from the beginning that kind of professionalism and that th that you were so happy you'd made that decision right from oh, the beginning absolutely i knew that it was going to be important not just for me as an individual yeah but it was going to be important in the business in terms of seeing people of color in mm. roles like that yeah and then 12 years later when they did it again and they had vanessa williams as the witch yeah you know it, it was not no longer an issue yeah um what I was going to say, uh, I remember what I was mm. going to say that day yeah. when I made the decision to watch, listen and learn, I went back to the theater and I watched a rehearsal and I watched rehearsal with Bernadette Peters. Mm. You want to talk about a, a pro? Yeah. When they asked her to do something that every actor out there knew was not going to work. We know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She did it. They asked her to do it again. She did it again. They asked her to do it a third time. And Bernadette Peters, big star that she was, never complained, never fussed, mm. never said, I'm tying. She just did it until they said, okay, it's not going to work. Go back to what it was before. That was the, begin of the beginning of that learning process. Mm. How to be a real pro, how to be a real team player. Yeah. And I, I, not that I wasn't before, but, you know, the stakes were higher. This was a Broadway show and it was a white Broadway show. Mm. You see, so any and everybody were going to be coming to see this show. And if I was on as a stepsister, that was going to say something else. Yeah. So I had to represent. And I, I 
know without having seen it myself that you absolutely did. Um, but the people you were working with, I mean, the writer, I mean, as brilliant and, you know, um, influential as Stephen Sondheim is, and certainly now, you know, we all revere him for so many you know decades but this was still a new musical one of the hardest things that anybody can endeavor to do at any time and I know that there were like a lot of changes made in the rehearsals and previews how was that for you and did you make that did you have that unflagging confidence that it was going to succeed every step of the way I knew very early on it was going to succeed I was just sitting out in a rehearsal just watching. And we were now in the theater. Okay. Mm. So it was leading up to previews and tech and all of that. Yeah. And I'm watching the set and I'm watching how it's getting used. I'm listening to the music, all of it, all of it. And I said to myself, Oh, this is going to be a hit. Yeah. And it was, I'll tell you a funny story about Steven. Um, I was uh, exiting the theater one day and I decided to do it through the theater. We were still in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. was something going on on stage of some kind of rehearsal on stage and I came through the door and stepped down and there's like a little alcove there with curtains cut off cut you off there's Stephen standing there looking strained (laughs) and I said Stephen are you okay because I I just wish I just wish you could have heard this when I was just sitting at the piano and and just playing it I, I wish it you know, and I and I said to him, I said, well, it's your baby. Mm. And at some point you have to release it into the world and trust that it's going to be raised properly and treated with respect. He, it was so hard for him to now release that thing and listen to other people bring their game to the table. Not that that he didn't have confidence in it, but it's one thing when you're hearing it in your head. It's another thing when you hear somebody else, how they're playing it, how somebody's singing it, Mm -hmm. how they're interpreting the the words. But that was our little private moment, and I never forgot that. Now, you've done some work on your own as a writer. Was that um, something that you related to on that level even then, or did that come to you later? That came to me a few years later, actually. I had this sense, and I don't really know where I got it from, maybe just observe, observance, that at some point I was going to have to make a different kind of move for myself. You know, uh, the longer you live, the older you get, especially if you're female, things are going to change. So in 1993, I wanted to write something for myself. Now, I really didn't think I was going to write it exactly. And a friend of mine, Michael Leslie, who's an amazing performer and had been in the original production of The Wiz, came to my apartment and he said, you know what you should do? You should do Ethel Waters because she's mm. in danger of being forgotten. Mm-hmm. And I start, I couldn't find anything on Ethel Waters because this mm. is the days before we had Google. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, uh. There were no, we didn't even have uh, uh, Amazon. Yeah. But anyway, now you can find a million uh, uh, books about, you know, that, that her, her autobiography, His Eyes on the Sparrow. Anyway, I just started doing the research and I thought, I'll just do the research and let somebody else write it. Well, nobody wants to write your stuff. So I played with it for a number of years in and out, in and out. And then finally, there was just this one day here in Atlanta that Loretta Devine, 
who did I did Dream Girls with, was here shooting for Colored Girls and came to my house. And I was reading her what I had written, and it was terrible. It was boring. And then I, and then I, and then I. Yeah. And she started saying to me, Terry, why are you starting with her at an old age? I'm middle-aged, but I still think I'm sexy and blah, blah, blah. But mm. I was listening to not what she was saying, but the way she was saying it. And I realized how relaxed she was in her language she was using with me because we were friends and she felt safe. And I said, well, what if Ethel could say, wanted to talk to somebody and that she felt safe with, well, what would she say and how would she say it? And it just poured. Mm -hmm. And because I'm an actor, I would go back and say the words and I would do it over and over again until it felt natural. Yeah. And then we did it at uh, Walnut Street Theater, my friend. Um, in Philadelphia. Well, yeah. In, yeah. That's right. We did it in their black box. We we were selling out before I got there, which scared the living bejesus <laughs> because this was her hometown. Mm. You know, and there were people who would have remembered her. And I'm thinking, oh, look, oh, you oh, you're gonna come see me in it now. Oh, and I wrote it, Terrell. So, but it was you couldn't get a seat in there. And wow. then uh my friend Ken Robeson directed it, and then we took it to Alabama Shakespeare. Mm. Then we brought it here to the Alliance Theater. Susan Booth uh, brought it and the production value that they made available to us mm. was outstanding. I mean, I felt like a rock star. <laughs> and again, it was hugely successful. And I would love to do it again. People keep asking me about it, but it really takes a lot out of you. And to mm. just take it to another theater just to do it doesn't make sense to me. I'm willing to do it again or pass the torch to someone else, but it has to be for a reason. Would you direct it? I don't know if I have those chops. Mm. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe I could. Um, that's where I would want to do it in a smaller venue yeah. to see if I could do it justice. Yeah. You're introduced to nine people and the same actor become, morphs into those nine people, mm. males and females. Yeah, and I even did a character breakdown so that when I would morph into that person, I knew who they were. Mm. You know, now anything else? I have ideas for things. I did write a piece called "Backstage and Other Stories," where I talk about things that happened in the forty-three years I've been in this business, mostly wrong, <laughs> like the time I auditioned for Porgy and Bess, and I walked in and they said, "Oh, what will you be singing for us today?" I said, "I'll be singing Omiya Babino Caro." <laughs> and forgot the words honey and you think that i would stop you think that i would stop no. and say oh i'm so sorry can i start again no i made it up like they wouldn't know i was making up italian <laughs> and i spoke to my friend john who had arranged the audition for me i said do you think they knew and he said of course they knew terry i hope you recreate that performance in the show <laughs> Well, I actually did do it. I did it here. I've done it twice. You know, I, I talk about uh, dream girls. Things yeah. have been wrong. The time CeCe didn't show up on stage and all I could hear was his octave. So I started singing my song, uh, 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 you know, that part. And he goes, uh, Michelle, I can't go on with Curtis another day. <laughs> and I went, here we go. Oh, my God. And then he comes out on stage and goes, don't laugh under his breath, which I proceeded to do. 
rest of just great, just just fun stuff, you know. Wait, now you made me think. Speaking of doing the two parts, that Florinda and Lucinda's tracks and in Into the Woods are so um, they're like a mirror image, like you know, complementary uh, yin and yang to each other. Was that very confusing when you would go on to remember exactly which line was which and all that? No, no. Uh, I I get I learn things very quickly. Um, and I had a personality for each of them. Mm. You know, a lot of the work that you do as an actor has to be done off stage. So I knew what Florin- what color Florinda liked. Yeah, I knew what color. Uh, the other, uh, uh, what is it, Lucinda? Lucinda. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I decided I had to decide who was smarter, who was not as smart. Um, did they read? Uh, one read, one didn't. I want to know all the answers. Which was which? No, because then you know, because I'm still friends with Lauren. And- <laughs> <laughs> Backstory. Um, and but that Lauren as Lucinda is the one that you actually took over in. That's who I took over for. Yes, I did. And um, she she was just, you know, we don't stay in touch with each other. Yeah. But, uh, but we, we, we talk to each other sometimes. We'll talk to each other on, um, on, uh, on, on Facebook. You know, I'll keep up with her. Yeah. And um, she, and- uh, she has gone on to become a producer. And some of the shows she's worked on were the subsequent productions of Into the Woods. I'm curious if you've seen the revivals. Did you see Vanessa Williams? Did you see it at Encores or anything? I didn't. I didn't. I haven't seen. uh, Actually, I did a version of it here in Atlanta. I love Atlanta. And City Springs Theater did a version of it. I also stay in touch with Kay McClellan, too, you know. Oh, yes. I actually ran into her when she was like eight months pregnant with her first daughter. And I said, you have to go to my wedding. And she did. (laughs) Because she she lives in Atlanta, too, doesn't she? She does. And we actually met for lunch a few months ago. How sweet. And it's like no time has passed. And we, you know, I became very close to those two women. Yeah. No. I had dinner with Jeff Blumenkrantz. And well, actually, he was supposed to come to dinner. Uh, he was in Atlanta at one a uh, couple of years ago, and I picked mm. him up and took him around, you know. But I had dinner with uh, Carolyn Marlowe. And oh yeah, and Kelly, yeah. So and um, because I understand you all were like really like a tight little uh, family unit of the understudies and into the woods up on that fourth floor. <laughs> <laughs> we were. We really had a great time. You know, we we do crossword puzzles and. Just talk. Just yeah. Talk. And they they would ask me questions about what the experience was like to be a person of color and things. Yeah. Would One thing with me, I don't attack in any way because people don't. That's not intelligent. And mm-hmm. I don't expect people to ever understand anything from my perspective, but I don't back away from it either. Yeah. You know, I was also born in the West Indies. Mm. And even though I grew up for the most part in New York, I say this only to say I grew up with much more of a Caribbean influence. And we think very we think a little bit differently about ourselves in these kinds of, you know, circumstances, you know, because everybody who's rich and poor look just like you. Yeah. In the United States of America, uh, if you (laughs) poor, you're usually one color. Yeah. So. The experience is slightly different. Yeah, I can imagine that. So I had 
it's not to say that anybody else would be patient with it, but I really had no patience with that. I mean, we were 11 years away from the 21st century. Duh. Can we like yeah. get past this? <laughs> yeah. And yet, and yet today there's still, you know, a lot to be done. That's, that's the human condition. And it's yeah. not just something that is, that, that just happens in the United States of America. It happens no. all over the world. Yeah. You know, people have their groups. That's how they feel strong. That's how they feel safe. No. Did did you feel um uh any sense of uh pride or relief or anything when, when Felicia came into the show? Did did that seem like a benchmark of some kind? Oh, it was a benchmark. Yeah. You know, and Felicia and I go way back. Yeah. Way back. So you know, as a matter of fact, when she came to see the show, I think I was on as a stepsister that mm. day. But I went back up to the fourth floor uh yeah. to you know um get out of costume felicia was there with her i think her stepdaughter or something she comes backstage and comes up to the fourth floor and we're like and you know hugging and kissing and i noticed that the other cast members were walking by smiling at us. <laughs> and I said, why are you acting like that <laughs> it didn't hit me until much later it was because yeah. it was felicia was shot Right. But for me, it was Felicia. Yeah. <laughs> well, I she had been your sister's understudy in Dreamgirls. Is that right? Or No, 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 no. I was not her understudy. Uh, she Wasn't she your sister's understudy? Uh, I think she was. I think Felicia was. I know that she did the Wiz. She was somebody's understudy. I think she was an understudy in the Wiz. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Because uh, my sister had also started out as an understudy in the Wiz. Um, in Dream Girls, Felicia understudied the role of Dina. Oh, she was Cheryl's understudy. So that would have been Cheryl yeah. Lee understudy. Mm. Um, and then she, they both auditioned for uh, the Cosby show. I don't, not while Felicia was doing the show though, she had left because she had decided that she really needed to stop doing that kind of thing. She was mm. not happy. Yeah. And it took her about a year of not working mm. to make that decision. But you know, you have to change people's minds about you. Yeah. Um, but I remember when she booked the role, you know, uh, anyway, she, she came into the company and it was a game changer, even for the show. Yeah. You know, they were just selling out left. And right. Yeah. Um, but Felicia is just, oh my God, she's just so sweet. So yeah. down to earth. And she has a lot of dignity about her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I have very little dignity about myself. <laughs> <laughs> you have a different kind of dignity. A different yeah. kind. Of... <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, so did you wind up then staying for the entire run of Into the Woods on Broadway? I did. Um, they offered me the role of uh, Florinda. Lucinda. And a year after Lu the show. Wait, it says Lucinda on IBD. Oh, was it Lucinda? Probably. Look, I get it. Whatever. I'm the one that got my toe cut off. Lucinda, Florinda. I knew them all. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got my toe cut off. Um, and uh, yes, I stayed on till the end, till the very end. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, I'm sorry. Were you saying that you did another production later on in Atlanta? I did it a few years ago, like maybe two years ago, at City Springs Theater. And this time I played the witch. Oh, now, 
I would not have been able to play that with uh, that role at any other time. Yeah. You have to really mature into that role. Mm. You have to have a little bit of life mm -hmm. under your fingernails to understand what that role was about. Mm. But yeah, I did it. And what um, what was it like seeing the show um, from that other uh, vantage point with so much time having passed? Um, a lot of it was familiar. I didn't bother to think about what the difference was between what I had played in New York. Two completely different things. Yeah. Two completely different. I, I you know, the, the, the thing about that show, the, uh, the pace was a little bit different. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic, and as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you can kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from breakfast to dessert stay fueled with easy nutritious options treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum they are ready in two minutes no shopping no prepping no cooking no cleanup enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or just simply to eat well-balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 and use code giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code giantsinthesky50 at factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, mm. the pace in New York was a little faster. And then I went back to see the revival and mm. I absolutely loved it. When those giant shoes came. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved what they did with the new Into the Woods. Yeah. I loved being able to see the giant standing right there in front of me. Yeah. Fantastic. Fant and, and, and Gavin Creel was in it and Gavin Creel and I had done um Oh Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yes. 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 Yeah. And I stood by in that show, both for Mrs. Mears and for um 
for a muzzy. Oh, so sh- uh, for Harriet Harris and Cheryl Lee Ralph. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there came the day when I had to go on for Harriet and I, because I never wanted to go on for Harriet Harris. Okay? <laughs> never. But there came that day when I had to do it. Yeah. Ooh, there was there as many people that were in the audience were as many people in the wings. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you had them all in stitches on both sides of the footlights. Well, you know, I did have preparation. Um, I just never really wanted to go on. But when that yeah. day came, and I remember Sutton Foster, uh, because the, the the stage manager said, Terry Burrell, if you're in the building, would you come down to the office stage? <laughs> and she said, one of the girls had gotten sick, and Ann Nathan used to go on for Harry. Mm. She said, and the, the girls were, there were several girls out, and she said, if she doesn't do the show tonight, you're on. And I went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> she said, what do you want me to do? I said, go have your dinner. And I went on stage and Sutton Foster came back from dinner, stepped out on that stage and said, what do you need me to do? Oh, okay. I will love her forever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you need me to do? Yeah. And she showed me things that the stage manager can't show you because they're not actually doing the show. Yeah. Point to the numbers and blah, 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 blah. But they're just intricate things that you have to know. Um, that she helped me with. This is the same thing that Betsy Joslin told me about Bernadette Peters, that when she went on as the witch, Bernadette took her and kept saying, come closer, look at this, see the way I put on this makeup, see the way you have to learn the stuff that only I know from having done it. That's Bernadette. Yeah. Uh, Actually, when Felicia was playing the witch, the body double that they had for her uh, was out one day and they mm. asked me if I would do it. Oh, wow. I mean, I had never practiced it or anything, but let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, I'd watched it enough and they talked me through some That's stuff. That's where you, you come on, uh, in the, in the hood and she's making the change, uh, in yeah, the, downstairs. In the basement and, and, and you lip sync to the, um, the recording of her lines. Recording, her voice is recorded. Yeah. And she's like, you know, she's she's anxious because they're doing the making the um the, the potion that's yes. gonna turn her beautiful and she drinks it and she and she goes <laughs> behind the tree. I've come up on a trap door, yeah, with all the prosthetics, and she just touches me and I just so it looks like she just went behind the tree and came out. Yeah. You know, I mean it was brilliant. The way they they staged everything yeah. was just brilliant. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I got my chance. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> it was the pre-beat to you actually playing the role in full uh, years later. Years later. Years later. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I had to be sure that I, I could do that, you know. Some Like, uh, Joy Franz said that she had um, been one of the understudies for The Witch also, and that she considered that to be the most difficult part to sing uh, of anything in the show. It is. And I was about to say, vocally, it's very different. I mean, let me tell you something. Bernadette Peters has the chops. Yeah. And other people, Betsy Jocelyn, you know. um, I had to use my voice in a different way. But because I had gotten older, as you get older, your voice gets a little deeper. Yeah. And so I was able to handle it. And I took voice classes. 
at, at the, uh, at, while I was playing the witch to make sure that I could support the sound. Mm. You know, you have to, you have to be able to manipulate mm -hmm. the, those vocal cords. Yeah. And thankfully I was able to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having a microphone helps too, especially if it's loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, kind of ride the wave. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you, I mean, you had microphones in all the shows you did, didn't you? Like, I, yes, yes. But in this particular case, in this theater, the theater was huge. Mm. Um, they really bumped up the sound. Yeah. So it made it easier and they put a little reverb on it, you know, which made mm. it a little easier for the person who was singing any of the roles to do. Yeah. Yeah. And did you... <laughs> Do you feel that the um, the audience response to the show is different in the modern era, like when you played The Witch, compared to how it had been to the original production? No, not at all. No. I think, if anything, they're more enthusiastic. Yeah. Because by now, they've heard about it. Yeah. And then you had the movie with, yeah. Meryl, uh, with Meryl Streep. Yeah. So, you know, even with Dreamgirls, there were people who have seen the movie but never actually saw it, a much younger generation. Yeah. But never saw the stage. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, when you're doing film, it goes out into the world in a much larger way. Yeah. And they're much more familiar with it. So mm -hmm. they come ready to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, very enthusiastic. And, you know, there are people that are real Sondheim freaks. Yeah. So they, they know the music. Yeah, they do. So, you know, they're going to be sitting out there singing it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it's, you know, it's taught on a college level. Yeah. So those younger uh, actors and act uh, actors, of male and female actors are going to be familiar with um, with Sondheim. Yeah. They love him. Mm -hmm. He's an interesting individual. Yeah. The way he writes. It's very interesting. You have to you you have to dig deep. Mm. As the witch, I had to dig deep. What Rapunzel meant to me. Yeah. What was that really all about? You know, because the witch is wild. She's yeah. a wild thing. She is really truth. So, you know, she's not she's not filtering anything. And she has no patience. <laughs> None with these, and I had to think beyond that. Who was she? You know, when she becomes ugly, what was she? What did that cost her mm. at the time that she was made ugly? Now, this is not in the script or anything like that. No, this would help me. You know, she would have been at in the prime of her life, yeah, she would have been at her most fertile. So, she was denied the opportunity ever to have children. Mm of her own yeah and somebody asked me do you think that she had a partner i said yes and he was a vampire <laughs> <laughs> why not why not why not why why would it ever have been the vampires never existed or fairies or any of those yeah things? um and she was denied the opportunity to ever be a mother and yet as a female i know how strong the directive to have children is mm -hmm. whether you choose to have them or not doesn't matter there is a biological directive to have babies she would have had that same biological directive and here she's denied that 
Yeah. And even though she's ugly and she aches and she hurts and she creaks and she probably didn't smell very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how hygienic she was. <laughs> you know, she still had that mothering instinct. Yeah. Because that's what that all was all about with the baker and his wife. Mm-hmm. All right. You owe me that child. Yeah. And she she comes for that child. She's truth. You gave your word. Give me that baby. Mm-hmm. But she she was never taught how to mother. Yeah. You see? So Rapunzel becomes this, I don't know, this this uh, thing. This this ch- piece of tchotchke, I guess. <laughs> you know, she 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 can't let it go. She can't let her go. And there are parents that are like that. They can't yeah. let their children go. And yet you must prepare your children as a parent to let them go into the world because you're not going to be around forever. So yeah. how do they survive? You can't hold on to them. It's not fair. She would not have seen it that way. Mm. So anything that interfered had to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> and And she loses her. She does lose her. She does lose her and she loses her because of human beings. Yeah. So yeah. even more anger. You know, I was uh, looking at something the other day about the animal kingdom. And uh, they said, who's the deadliest animal on the planet? And it turns out human beings. And they had some videos showing they would just play a tape of humans just having a conversation. And first they, they had, there was some rhinos there was a giraffe. There was something else. They played the sound of a lion roaring. And the hippos are like, yeah, it's a lion. No deal. They played the sound of human beings have a conversation and they ran for their life. Mm. You should look it up. It's very yeah, interesting. That's very interesting. Um, and the and the and then they did the same thing with the giraffe. You, if you saw how that giraffe took off, human beings just having a conversation. Okay, we're the deadliest animals on the planet. Wow. Well, but we make good music. <laughs> that we do. Yeah. <laughs> well, Terry, I, I can't thank you enough. It's a wonderful time in my life and continues to be that. And it's on my resume. And it bought my apartment and home. Yes, <laughs> I love and that. I, and I have friends, genuine friends to this day. And, uh, you know, I, and, and I, I don't, I, I was aware, I was very aware of what the situation was politically for me, but I didn't, I made the choice not to walk around in a, uh, a, a cloud of anger about it because mm. that doesn't really fix anything. Yeah. Um, but I, I was not going to back away mm-hmm. uh, from how I felt and why I felt that way. And if anybody had asked me, I would have explained it. What would you have told them? I would have said, you can't understand what I feel like unless you put yourself in my perspective. To be in a company that is that is all people of a different color and to be mm-hmm. given them to be given the opportunity to um, ply their trade, uh, to learn their craft, and I'm not. And why? And why can't I say, you know, I mean, what did you think that I was going to walk out there and do? 
What did you think I was going to sound like? I'm an actor. I'm a trained actor. I'm a professional. At least give me the opportunity. This is why you audition people. Yeah. But, you know, um, I did in my way get they because there were times when I had to go on. Yeah. So they they got they had the opportunity. Let me give them credit. Let me give management credit. They did offer me the role. Yeah. After all. And I don't think they got any backlash. And if they did, I don't think it was anything that was serious. No. But you they know? could have done it from the beginning and they didn't. You have to do things at the level of your understanding, Ben. Yeah. And that was their level of understanding. And I would like to think that the kind of person that I was and uh, the kind of uh, creative person that I was uh, allowed them to relax. Mm. and see the opportunity and see, 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 yeah, give me the opportunity and see that they're, they're, you know, that that could be done. I mean, they did have Suzanne Douglas. Yeah. Who unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Yeah. He did start off as the understudy to the witch and she did do the workshop. Yeah. Um, but she left. Yeah. You know, um, before, uh, I don't even think she ever had a chance to go on, mm. you know, before she left. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity. You know, it did put me in a different, slightly different category and have people look at me a different way. Yeah. You know, so there well, he is. <laughs> I, I would like to look at you all the ways. I think uh, you're, you're wonderful. Um, and I hope that you'll come uh, back to New York and do stuff, lots of things soon, and including your Ethel Waters show. That would be wonderful. What I need is a production team. That's what I need. Yeah. You know, I can't do it on my own. No. And I have not pursued it. But um, when I feel the need to do that, I will. And I'll go after it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there opening night. Ooh, I love it. Um, thank you so much, Terry. You're terrific. Thank you. And Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Look out for episode 32 with Stephen Dolgenoff, Jack in James Lapine's blocking exercises. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.